Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Let's just let the music play. What do you think? I love it. All the scorpions. If only I knew someone that was going to Germany soon. <laughs> Second Amendment Radio in the great outdoors. I am indeed uh, going to be in, in Frankfurt and uh, uh, Passau, I think it's called. Uh, by the end of the week, we're taking a little river cruise. How about that, Bo Matthews? You jealous? I, 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 dude, I haven't been on vacation in like 17 years. And I just... <laughs> I, you you are the vacation king. I mean, you've been ba- have you been back even a full week and you're leaving again? Two weeks, two weeks. It is the year of <laughs> vacations baby. for Mark. But this you know, was Sales' fault, not his. Fault. Yeah, thank you. the The radio station had us promote this trip, and I get to go on it. So I told them they shouldn't even charge me for vacation days for that, right? Well, they're not, are they? <laughs> they are. They are. Yes. What? Yes. Oh boy, is your wife going to get to go on this trip with you? She is indeed, and our daughter. Good so it's going to be great. No. Yeah. Actually, I look at you as inspiration. Heck, I'm just trying to drag my butt down to Branson for a couple of days. <laughs> I want to go see the Ark Encounter. Still, I, I just I'm working. I'm working. I'm, I got I'm, stuff to do, man. I'm blessed. I've been to to Sorrento, Italy, and the Amalfi Coast. I've been to Montana to Glacier National Park, and now I get to go float down the river and the Danube in the heart of. Um, Europe. It's going to be great. That's awesome. Yep. That's awesome. Blessed year. Well, okay. For sure. So I, I have to tell you, I did travel some this week. As a matter of fact, <laughs> buddy of mine uh, was looking for a Kubota side by side and found a Primo Mint one up in uh, east of Quincy, Illinois. So Tuesday, I had the day open, and he goes, "You want to run with me?" I said, "Sure." So we stop into Pittsfield, Illinois, for lunch at the Cardinal Inn Cafe, Ooh. and. Uh, as we were leaving, I looked down, and there's a publication called Gun News, and it's published uh, monthly by Gun Save Life, Inc., and a lot of the information in here is about Illinois and their fight against, uh, you know, people taking their guns away, and I just found it so, so interesting. I mean, there's there's good guy with gun stories. There's, you know, show information. There's training information, but this one story that was titled Your Faithful EDC Blade in a, in a gun magazine, Mark. I was actually shocked. Uh, I'll show you. Uh, it's a full-page article talking about your everyday carry when it comes to knives. Right. I I, I feel so terrible for Illinois. And there was that, a court decision this week saying that knives are covered, particularly, I think, uh, it's called a butterfly knife, 
is covered under the Second Amendment, just like any other knife, because uh, maybe it's Hawaii or somebody who tried to ban them, and the court ruled that uh, you they're protected just because they've got a different name and operate a little differently doesn't make them any more dangerous uh, than any other knife. Yeah, I, it, and they are cool. I, I owned one for a long time, and I, I, I could never figure out how they flip it around and do it. Yeah. It looks yeah. cool. Bruce Lee had them, I think, back in the day. But, uh, but this article was huge and it was a bunch of great information about you know uh, tensile strength of steels and which one you should pick and different brands and the fact that they devoted a whole article to your faithful edc blade i thought wow you know soon illinois is going to have to do your faithful rock now Uh, yeah you joke but uh the governor over there last week announced that he's going to also crack down on advertising for guns that he doesn't like of course he he perceives every gun is scary so if he doesn't like a gun he's going to try to ban the advertising for it the the supreme court needs to get off its can and rule on this and and set uh, J.B. Pritzker back on his massive haunches and and teach him a lesson that you can't get away with this. We have a Second Amendment right to have an AR-15 or any kind of gun we want within reason that's nothing more than a semi-automatic sporting rifle. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, on this program, Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors, we often talk about uh, you know training with your firearm. And this article about the knives, the EDCs, uh, really talks about training because a knife fight is definitely close oh, contact sport. Yeah. You know, you're not a sport, but you know, if you're trying to defend yourself, you got to know what you're doing. Otherwise, you're going to cut yourself, and it's all all kinds of horrible. Anyway, the trip was great. It was a great day to, for a road trip and get away. Super nice people we met up there, but we got the heck out of Illinois quick. I don't blame you. Uh, speaking of <laughs> uh, the Supreme Court and decisions, we are going to talk to Hans von Spakovsky a little later in the show, coming up in the next segment, in fact. And part of the thing we'll talk about with him are ghost guns. And the Supreme yep. Court made a ruling on that this week. So uh, you got to keep an eye on those things for sure. Well, little by little, uh, things are happening uh, all over the world um, with the assassination that happened. What was that? That was just yesterday, uh, this week at the time of this recording. Um, You know, France is having their issues because they've been, you know, pretty much strapped as far as gun ownership over there. So hard to carry a gun. Um, And, you know, what do you do when you want to train or if you want to, you know, practice or something? Can you even get a gun in these other countries? I still say America is the best country in the world. Amen, brother. Amen. So this week was the nine-year anniversary of the Ferguson shooting and Mike Brown's death. Yep. Corey Bush and Tashara Jones both spent time on social media, um, you know, once again lying about what happened in that situation. Corey Bush basically blamed it on racism, um, which is the – if it wouldn't have happened – would have happened if it wasn't for racism, is what she said. And my point is a very simple one. Mike Brown would be alive today and nine years older if he hadn't chosen to strong arm rob a convenience store. Which there's video of that got very little airtime. And, you know, I, I had a I had an interesting conversation with somebody here at the station this week who said, 
you don't really believe that, do you? I'm like, I absolutely believe that. If Mike Brown had been at home playing video games or recording his music, since they like to sell the story that he was some sort of budding music star, uh, making his own mixes, if he'd been home doing that, instead of stealing a box of cigarettes or Swisher Sweets from the convenience store, he never would have encountered a police officer to begin with. And that's what led ultimately to his death. And, and 40 FBI agents, which are far more than are investigating Hunter Biden or Joe Biden, uh, came in here, swept into town under the direction of Eric Holder, investigated the living hell out of this, trying to find something wrong. And in the end, they cleared the officer, Darren Wilson, of any wrongdoing. But even today, nine years later, the lies continue that somehow Mike Brown was a victim. You know who the victim was in that case? Darren Wilson. It ruined that police officer's life. No, no department would hire him after that, even though they, he was found to have done nothing wrong. It's uh, it's it's very sad the outcome and how the narrative was pumped, and that that was really the beginning of Black Lives Matter and and the the rioting that you know you know kicked off. It, it's terribly sad because a young man is is dead by his actions, and uh, I, I think of Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, comment about you know don't judge by the uh, color of your skin, but your content of your character. Uh, the video proved, and why it didn't get more airtime of him strong arming the guy at the store, um, and then within 30 minutes he was dead in the street. Uh, there was a, there was a lot of things that went wrong that day, uh, but uh, Darren Wilson was I, I I think he was just trying to do his Amen. job and Amen. defending his own life first and foremost. And you know uh, you, you would you would never say the strong armed robbery deserves the death penalty. That's not the no, point. Of course not. He didn't deserve nope. to die for that crime, but his actions immediately after that, when he tried to steal the officer's weapon, ultimately led to his death. Uh, nobody's yeah. to blame for that but Michael Brown, and that's the the lie the left continues to tell uh, all these years later, and then they probably still will. Well, what, what's the old saying? The lie makes it around the world before the uh, truth can get its shoes on. Yes. Sadly. Um, but, but that's that's where we're at. Um, also, hey, uh, you know, to switch gears here, um, just, you know, love thy neighbor, you know, as, as you, you know, continue each and every day. Um, and I hear road rage is going up. We don't have time to talk about it right now, but road rage, I guess, is on the increase around the state. Um, so, Hey, if somebody cuts you off, just let it go. Let it go, man. <laughs> let it it's go. Okay. Let it go and turn your radio on. It's been you before. Yes. <laughs> and listen to the Second Amendment Radio and the Grid Outdoors. Coming up, Hans von Spakovsky from Heritage will join us to talk about the Supreme Court and ghost guns. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. 
Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. My name is Bo Matthews alongside Mark Cox. we got Carl Middleman, our executive producer, and also part of the show. Always good to have him there. This segment is brought to you by Razorback Armory, and they are preparing. Now, listen, don't go in there tomorrow thinking you're going to be able to, you know, get this deal. But Razorback Armory is going to have a significant sale. They've partnered up with Sig Sauer. I can tell you the date is going to be Saturday, August 26th. They are going to be uh, doing like 100 rounds of ammo and a magazine with an in-stock Sig Sauer pistol or rifle purchase. Uh, they're going to have a rep on hand. Very cool stuff. If you've ever been to Razorback, you know it's awesome. If you've never been, maybe that's the day. August 26th, put it on your calendar, and it's going to run from 9 to 3. Razorbackarmory.com. All right, yeah. Mark? Good stuff. Uh, speaking of uh, guns, and for those of you who followed us here for a while, we talk about uh, all sorts of Second Amendment issues, including this issue of ghost guns right and and Bo you and I've talked about this there's no doubt in my mind they manufactured that name to make it sound scary because ghosts well, it is it scares scary. the crap out of me I know <laughs> I mean if you see a ghost you're you're scared unless it's Casper the friendly ghost but generally yeah, speaking go- they've they've turned these ghost guns if they don't have like registration numbers on them and the uh, Supreme Court made a decision on those uh, this past week not not a full court decision but a decision on whether or not uh, a ban against them should be temporarily stayed until it can be decided finally in a court. And uh, we are lucky enough to have Hans von Spakovsky, senior legal fellow from the Heritage Foundation, fresh off his trip to St. Louis. Uh, and we've got him on the phone this morning. Hans, how you doing? Well, I'm doing fine. I'm a little tired. I caught a very early flight to get back to D.C., but I'm I'm in my office, and we obviously had a very good time last night. Well, good, good. <laughs> I'm, I'm. We sure enjoyed uh, having you here. It's the, the event we hosted for ninety-seven-one out at Tapawingo. Two hundred and fifty people. We had a full house, and it was a, it was a great time. I don't think we talked about this this situation at our event, right. but certainly on my radio show uh, earlier this week, we did discuss it, and that's this ghost gun. Uh, ruling. What, what's your take on this? Because I was a little surprised that John Roberts and Amy Coney Barrett sided with the liberals on it. Well, I was too, but people need to remember that's a, it's a, that's a procedural um, uh, vote, and it doesn't uh, say anything about what the final substantive decision should be. Look, people, people are talking about ghost guns. Should they be regulated? Should they not? It's important for people to to divide this into two questions, okay? And the reason I say that is it's not just a question of whether or not the ATF should regulate them, but the question is who should make that decision, okay? And that's what this case is really about. Um, 
Look, the first major uh, law, federal law on guns, as you know, was in 1938. It was the Federal Firearms Act. And it it regulated everything. Yeah. You know, all weapons and any part or parts of weapons. Well, 30 years later, Congress had a big debate about this, and they passed the big second uh, firearms law called the Gun Control Act of 1968, and they recognized that definition was impractical because it gave the government control over every part of a, of a firearm, even the smallest part under any circumstance. So they pared that back. And the current definition of what the ATF, what the government can regulate, is much more limited in, in scope. And most of the, many of the parts that go into making uh, a pistol, for example, are not regulated. The frame and receiver is. And the frame and receiver is what holds everything, right? All the different parts when you put it together. So what does the ATF do? They issue a regulation redefining what they can regulate and basically <laughs> going back to what the original law was, <laughs> which Congress amended and changed, and basically saying, they can manu- they can regulate every every bit every part that goes into a weapon now we can debate whether the government should regulate this or not but uh, the ATF got sued and a federal court federal district court down in Texas said uh, you're going far beyond the statute you don't have the authority to put in this kind of a regulation and so the judge issued a stay saying, these regulations are are not going to go into effect, and you can't do this. The government appealed to the Fifth Circuit U.S. Court of Appeals, um, and then they went to the U.S. Supreme Court and said, you should lift this stay that tells us we can't do this while this case is pending in the appeals courts. And unfortunately, in a five-to-four decision, the Supreme Court said, Okay, we lift the stay. The rule can go in force while the case is pending. I think ultimately the challengers are going to win because you just can't read the current federal law in a way that gives the ATF the power to do this. Right, right. It's like uh, politicians trying to rule on AI, uh, things that you know people don't even know about or know very right. little about. Uh, Hans, it's Bo, and uh, really nice to talk to you. I've uh, heard you for years and uh, still never shook your hand, but someday. Maybe last night was just not my night. Anyway, I wanted to point out, uh, the White House is saying swift action needs to be taken against unregistered weapons, and that there were 20,000 suspected ghost guns found during criminal investigations in 21, and that's tenfold from five years earlier. Let's just be clear. Ghost guns, uh, it's about a scary name. It could call them alien guns. Maybe that would be even scarier. Um, but it's such a slight fraction of how many are out there. And most people that right. do it, that take the time are gun enthusiasts and gunsmiths that want to, you know, they're, they're, you know, it's like somebody building a kit car, something like that. So it, it, to me, it's just like the, you know, the global warming. I just go deaf when I hear these conversations, although it's a chip in the iron or a dent in the iron that they're trying to take away and have control over us. Would you agree? Uh, one hundred percent, yes. And and think about what you just said. What they claimed, suspected, yeah. yes, <laughs> suspected, mm-hmm. right? And you are absolutely right. Americans have a long and proud history of private 
gunsmithing. I mean, that's why during the American Revolution, we had um, we had developed the Kentucky, the Kentucky rifle, which was far superior to the uh, muskets used by by <laughs> British regulars. And right. there is, I'm sorry, but there is simply no evidence yet of of any kind that I've seen valid evidence that huge numbers of criminals are using these guns instead of uh, just stealing weapons that they get from homes and other places that they burglarize. So, exactly. But look, the, the vast majority of these guns are bought, uh, of guns in the country are bought through licensed firearms dealers. People have to go through background checks uh, for that. Yeah, private sales aren't regulated, but then why should they be? If if uh, if I decide, uh, Bo, that if you decide you you want to sell a, a pistol because you found something better, yeah, if you go to a firearms uh, dealership, you're going to have to get a background check. But if you then sell that to me, someone you know, should you have to go through the expense of doing a, a firearms check? I, no, I don't think so. No. So clearly, uh, Hans von Spakovsky, our guest here from the Heritage Foundation. You look at this case. You had you had Alito, um, Gorsuch, and Thomas who voted. I'm assuming in Kavanaugh, right? Uh, who voted yes, in favor right. of this? Right. They they must have agreed that some harm was being done. Like I remember the Supreme Court. Yes. The Supreme Court declined a stay on the AR-15 ban over in the state of Illinois until it can work its way through the courts. And my question about that always is: I thought the purpose of a stay was to prevent any potential damage to somebody's rights until the until it can ultimately be decided in a court of law. There's clearly damage here, just like there is in the AR-15 case. Yeah, there is, and that's why, like I said, I, I agree with you. It's, it's a bit disappointing that um, uh, those two justices went with the liberals to do this. But people, like I said, people should not give up hope, okay? Yeah. This 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 case has still got a lot of um, a lot of steps in front of it. Uh, the Fifth Circuit, remember, the the district court was in Texas. They've appealed to the Fifth Circuit. The Fifth Circuit these days is a good court of appeals. It has some terrific people on it, good conservatives who believe in the Constitution and who actually believe that there is an amendment between the first and third amendments of the Constitution, (laughs) (laughs) unlike some of the Obama and Biden judges who unfortunately have gotten confirmed in in the past few years. So I'm actually optimistic we're going to get a a good decision, because like I said, I, I I think once this gets to the Supreme Court, when they look at the actual language of the federal law, which is really the Gun Control Act of 68 that yes. um, ATF is using, they're going to say, well, if Congress wants to do this, they can, but this particular statute just doesn't give the ATF the power to do it. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. And whenever you read an article or hear about this information, they always quote, uh, according to the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, more than 48,800 Americans died from gun injuries in 2021. This is in the ghost gun stories, but it doesn't mean almost 50,000 people no. died from ghost gun shots. Then they don't, you know, do they count? Do they count suicides? Do they count, they do. you know, homicides? Do they, they count uh, right. accidental shootings? They, it, it's just uh, it's just mush, you know. It's mush. Yeah, it it is, and 
they fail, of course, to mention the what was the the, the estimates are that between what 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 one point five and two million times a year, lawful uh, U.S. citizens use guns defensively to protect themselves, their lives, and their property. Oh yeah, yeah, it happened happened just the other day. I read a story about the woman who got in a road rage incident. With some guy, followed into a parking lot, got out of his car, approached her, and started pulling on her door handles, trying to jerk her out of the car, and she pulled her gun out and shot him. And uh, the the police said, you know, we don't want to encourage people to shoot other people, but in this case, she was clearly in fear for her life. And Yeah, um, and, and, and but listen, mm-hmm. by the way, on that topic, you know, the media, the mainstream media doesn't like reporting that. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they, they don't. And so um, some time ago, the Heritage Foundation, where I work, started a defensive gun use database. And we, we now, for a while, have been cataloging. Every time we see a newspaper article or we get other information, that a law-abiding citizen was able to successfully defend themselves or their family uh, with a gun, um, we put it into our database. So if folks want to see the, the kind of use to which the Second Amendment is put the way it was intended to, uh, check out our, our uh, defensive gun use database at the Heritage Foundation. The stories are amazing and involves... So many different kinds of people, including often elderly people in their 70s and 80s who are able to fend off, you know, burglars and other people in their homes, which if they didn't have a gun, they wouldn't be able to do. No. This may be a first, Hans, uh, to have that database that people can look at those stories because I look at different publications. I'm on Instagram and looking for those types of good guys uh, with guns <laughs> stories because they are a bunch out there, but you're never going to see them in the news. You're never going to see them. So it's, no. it's a little mind-boggling, but thank you to the Heritage Foundation for doing that. I will definitely be clicking on that. Yeah, heritage.org, right, Hans? That's exactly right. Go to heritage.org and you'll easily find it. Yeah, find they, it. they've got great stuff on election integrity and the Second Amendment and the First Amendment and anything else you're, that's important to you, they covered at the Heritage Foundation. Hans, always great having you on the radio, my friend. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You bet. Hans von Spakovsky there, one of the greatest names in the legal world. We appreciate having him on. I- <laughs> I've, I've listened to you. I've listened to Annie say his name so many times that I'm like, is the Vaughn kind of like, uh, you know, uh, when my mom would holler at me with my full name, does Vaughn mean damn it? <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, damn it, Matthews. We should have asked him that. <laughs> <laughs> Next time. What does his mom call him when she's mad at him? There you go. Hans Vaughn? Um, yeah, I don't know. It, you know, <laughs> we, the, the intro we used for him on my show has Jim Carafano from Heritage introducing him as the, the former uh, leader of the Austro-Hungarian Empire, right? <laughs> um, which he gets a big kick out of because his I think he told me that his, his mother was... His father was a white Russian. Right? Love that drink. I love that yeah. drink. Ah. <laughs> oh, hey. bam, you owe me a Coke. <laughs> that, that's great. He gets a big kick out of that. Anyway. Uh, anyway. Well, what a cool guy. Yeah, uh, no kidding. No kidding. So coming up, uh, you know, I know we talk a lot about guns and buying guns and uh, where you buy guns. Have you ever done business at a pawn shop? 
Have you ever had questions about that? We're going to talk to Steve Moser from uh, Steve's Pawn coming up here in just a minute on Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Second Amendment Radio and the Great Outdoors with Mark Cox. I'm Bo Matthews, and uh, we thank you for listening to this program. We hope you uh, share it. You can find it on the Odyssey app. Share it with your friends that are like-minded or maybe maybe not like-minded, and they need to learn a few things. That would be a good <laughs> thing, too. Um, you know, I got to thinking, Mark, um, I've done some business with a, a pawn shop down in House Springs, Missouri, and uh, it's called Steve's Pawn Shop, and this guy does such a wonderful job and he he sells a lot of firearms, and he's I, I when I leave the door, I was like, thanks for arming America, and I walk out the door, <laughs> and I mean, he's bought a leaf pack blower, backpack leaf blower from me. Uh, you know, we've I, I go buy DVDs all the time. You think picture a pawn shop, yeah. and that's what you get when you walk into Steve's Pawn. Steve Moser, welcome to Second Amendment Radio on the Great Outdoors. Finally, man, how are you? Good morning. Uh, thank you for uh, doing this. You know, I got to thinking about the pros and cons of buying firearms at a pawn shop, and you are kind of a gun store within a pawn shop because you do uh, you do brand new guns, but you also do uh, pre loved guns. Correct? Absolutely. And your your scope of of what you sell um, is col- from collectibles to self protection uh, to uh, to hunting rifles. You d- you do a little bit of everything. What what do you think is the hot item right now for you at Steve's Pawn? Oh, the hot item is is actually used guns. Every everybody loves loves used guns. That the the fact that they could come in and and get anywhere between fifty to twenty five percent off a gun that they could purchase brand new that we got to lightly use firearm that they can right. take home for a great price yeah all right, all right. mark cox here steve are those i mean what do you what is the trend is it mostly self-protection like something subcompact people are looking for these days you know what it's all over the board we have some beautiful collector firearms that uh, a lot of people like to look at them a lot of people like to shoot them i do both uh the collector firearm market's hot right now as far as old antique guns and a lot of that you won't find in a new gun store. Um, so we got a reputation down here that we like to purchase uh, beautiful old history guns that we can pass on to the to the uh, the community. What's the, and the collectors? Out yeah, there. what's the coolest one you've had in there? Or maybe it's in your collection now. I don't know. Uh, I have a I have a few firearms that uh, in my collection <laughs> that uh, you probably will never see on the open market just due to the fact that they're one off firearms. Uh, old Henry's, old Winchester's, just things that you go that talk. I actually have an Illinois regiment Henry that was part of the Civil War, um, and I got a guy standing there holding the firearm, 
with a pitcher if, if with a little tent it is so cool it's it's wow. a cool it would never be for sale I, I i tell everybody one of these days i'm gonna have a great auction but i'm not gonna be able to attend it so <laughs> yeah thank well, you <laughs> on the, uh, steve on the everyday purchases of people that come in and, and i've even traded up uh you know because you know you have a firearm you don't use much and uh steve's Absolutely. really fair on his pricing but when you get a firearm i mean you don't have a, a gun range to test something how do you vet when you're taking in a pre-owned firearm to resell, how do you how do you know? Do you just know? So we do the base scope of knowledge. I have a, I, I have a pretty good knowledge, and I have people here that have great knowledge of firearms. We test test the functionality, but we have these new things out there called snap caps. What the snap caps do that tells me that everything is functional. So uh-huh. all it does is just give me a loud bang. There's no nothing coming out the barrel. There's it's it's just a an amazing thing that they had come out with for just for guys like us that don't shoot them that don't get to test them we try to clean almost every firearm but obviously we can't just do the volume that we got it coming in but we do test the functionality of it yeah so so what is uh, i mean in terms of record keeping and all that stuff i mean maybe that's a question people might have i mean you're you you have to have an ffl to deal with these right Absolutely. So, yeah. we, so we, we, we follow every uh, federal gun law. We follow every Missouri gun law. Uh, anybody that purchases any firearm from us uh, has to do a 4473 background check on the firearm. So that's the other thing with a, with a pawn shop. We can take firearms in. We run them to make sure they're not stolen. And then we check functionality. So the other thing behind that is we're getting guns back on the street that you're not selling to the average person on the street. And then if that person sells that gun and if that person sells that gun and then it gets into a hands, it's not supposed to be, but it will come back to you. So what that eliminates with us, you selling me a gun or buying a gun for me, you know where it come from. Yes. Right. Yeah. It's a little different than going to like a flea market and you see that guy with, you know, prices two, three, $400 more because you don't have to do the paperwork with him, but you don't know what you're getting. Um, Steve, uh, how long have you been in the pawn shop business? So I actually started when I was when I was really young. I worked for a great a great guy over in uh, Imperial Missouri, uh, Mike's Pawn. He's still in business today. Mike gave me the ideas and and the and the actual. We we love to treat people like we want to be treated. So yeah, buddy, a lot of pawn do. shops don't do that. Um, but everybody that walks in the door, they're family. You know, we 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 treat them just like we want to be treated. And I got started when I was 18 years old working for a gentleman that knew just about everything that come to anything that could come into a pawn shop. Mike was amazing on that. And, and he installed it in me and I passed that on here and uh, we've been pretty successful just because of that. So when you're sh- when people are shopping and they're going into a pawn shop and they see firearms, what are maybe some cons that, uh, that people could be aware of if they don't really know the, the pawn shop? Is there any, so the first thing you want to do is obviously do your homework, look them up, research them. You don't want to pay, 10 to 15% more than what that farm's worth. You don't want to pay exactly what it's worth. So when you're buying a used gun, do your homework. If the gun is just for an example, $200 new, you want to expect to pay anywhere a hundred to $125 for that gun used. So, but unfortunately that means we have to purchase them a little bit cheaper due to the fact that we have to sell them and there's taxes and, right. and then there's a labor and 4473. So we, everybody has to be appeased on that. So, Knock on wood, we've never had to take in a gun back. Yeah, so the other thing about a used firearm, the manufacturer stands behind that gun no matter who owns it. Oh. So say if you get a gun that's a Smith, or even a Philippines guns or any, any, any firearm, 
when you purchase that gun, that gun company is willing to stand behind that. So that's why I don't mind selling used guns. Now, if there wasn't something like that out there, I would have a hard time selling used guns to somebody. Yeah. Well, I've always wanted to ask this question of somebody in your business. Did did the did the show Pawn Stars help or hurt? I mean, do you have people coming in there and waiting for you to go get an expert to come in and consult on their item? <laughs> no, they don't. You know, we we no one's an expert. As you can see, he calls people in. Also, uh, yeah. you get people in the field like that. In order in order to have somebody do that, I would want my time paid for on that. So I don't know how it works out of the, in Las Vegas. But if I if somebody calls me in for my opinion on a firearm, I expect to be paid for that. Right. So in order for them, somebody says, "Are you sure?" And I'd say, "Well, listen, I'm I, no one's sure about obviously, but I can look it up online, and if if I'm wrong, we'll make it right. Um, we show people. I'll show you exactly what this thing's worth, and then yeah, I'll make you've it done offer. that for me. Yeah. Yep. If yeah. you if you don't come to a deal with me, at least you know what it's worth. Yeah, that's fair. Right. You know, last time I was in, Steve, you weren't there. And uh, your guy said, oh, he's out at the gun shows. I said, is he selling or buying? He goes, yep. And uh, so uh, what's your what's your opinion of the gun shows? Uh, Because uh, there's a story about uh, the ATF's war on dealers in a a publication called Gun News. Um, You know, guys, a Baptist preacher, little league coach and the uh, the uh, ATF, B.A. ATF comes in. And, you know, takes his license, he surrenders it, actually, and they take a bunch of his firearms, and they said, tell your fellow gun show people that we're coming for them. Uh, what, what's your opinion on, on those gun shows that you see, you know, signs out on the, on the road uh, every once in a while? So here, if, I, if you're selling at a gun show, same as if I would sell in a store, you have to follow every guideline that the law requires. So Good if the law says, hey, you, you have to fill out a background check on this gun. Now, unfortunately, in the state of Missouri, you can do a person-to-person sell. But, in my opinion, you need to ask questions. Are right. you a felon? Right. If they've got a problem with answering that, don't sell it to them. Because this is going to get on the street and cause more havoc. But the gun shows, in my opinion, they take firearms out here and potentially take it to customers that wouldn't, by chance, have the time because they work to stop in my sure. shop. Or it, it, it it's a whole... There are some people, unfortunately, that don't follow the law. But for the little bit amount of money that we make on firearms, it's not worth your freedom. Oh, right. Right. Wow. So true. So, I mean, yeah. I, I have no problems with gun shows. Um, you do find antique firearms there, and that's what that's what I like. I like antique firearms. And, and, so you and won't so on that last a lot trip, of people ain't walking the street. I'm yeah, sorry? so on that last trip, did you get a, did you get a, a good collectible? No, unfortunately, um, they do call it a gun show for a reason. Yep, yep. Oh. And people are showing these beautiful guns. It's not that it's a, a sale. Obviously, some people are like me that I don't care what price that we put on it. It's it's the history behind the firearm that, that actually gets me excited. Well, you All know, right, to, well, to, uh, to your point about that, it's, it's like going to an antique mall. And thinking you're going to find some great bargain. Because in most cases, the people that that run an antique mall know exactly what that item is worth. And they're not underpricing it for the most part. Same thing at a gun show. If they've got a a solid antique weapon, uh, they've got a pretty good idea what it's worth, right? And and not only that, where are you going to find another one? Yeah, thank you. So it's it's like when you're you're purchasing an antique firearm, you know, there's so many factors that... Where it come from? Now, if if it is a lot of the reputable companies, Winchester, you can actually call and get a letter on the serial mm-hmm. number, and that will actually break down from the day it was bought 
to every to two new records today. Now there is a fee for that, obviously, but that is an invaluable an invaluable tool to where I can call Winchester at the Cody Wyoming Museum and say, "Hey, listen, can you run this gun for me?" And they'll say, "Yeah, yeah, I need a serial number." And they break it down. It might have been sold at a local drugstore in 1920, and they tell you the price on it. But obviously, that costs money. So is it like 150? You know, used to be like 150 bucks, didn't it, for a letter? Uh, it depends. So I have an account. It's oh, okay. uh, $90 right. if you do it over the phone. And if you actually want the letter, right now it's $145 for I the see. average person. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Well, Steve is also a, a huge collector of, uh, of uh, pool cues. <laughs> Uh, I mean, he, it's almost like a museum. You should almost be called Steve's Museum. <laughs> I've got to come uh, down there. He, he does a great job. You know what? I'll buy you a taco if you do. Uh, Steve, you do a great job. You know what it feels like when you walk in. I see so many familiar faces and customers and, and your workers Absolutely. and stuff and your family. You do a great job, and I'm glad we finally, after how many years of knowing you, that we finally got you on this program. Absolutely, and I appreciate you uh anytime i i i love to promote the pawn shop business due to the fact that back in the day they had a lot of bad bad names due that i don't i don't have any idea why but when people say oh that's a pawn shop well we're a gun shop that actually help people in the community that we can actually pawn stuff for them so yeah. it's it's the idea behind some people don't eat if we're not here because they can't take a gun to the bank they can't take a firearm, you know, a, a chainsaw to the bank. Right. So the pawn sure. business is here to actually to help the community. And it's, it, and everybody thinks that, oh, well, people bring a lot of stolen stuff there. We don't. We, we run everything. Everything that comes in the door, you must have a Missouri driver's license. And we run every item. So it's it's a pretty legit business. Now, back in the day, I didn't know how they operated. But here and every, all the friends that I know that have local businesses, pawns, we follow the law to the T. Yeah, you do. Uh, it's legit. Uh, well, tell uh, tell your crew uh, we said hello, and uh, thanks for joining us on short notice for uh, oh, no, Steve's Pawn down in House Springs, Missouri is where you're going to find him in the Price Chopper Plaza. Uh, stop in and introduce yourself because uh, he really and and hey, you know I was I remember I told you Mark I was without uh, internet for two two weeks fifteen days. Uh, my wife and I went in there. He's got one of the biggest DVD collections in the world. Absolutely. Uh, that's my opinion. Yeah. Uh, but, but they're not alphabetized. I always give him crap about that. Oh, but, man. Oh. Come on, Steve. Get on the ball. <laughs> we, 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 we try. You know, we, we actually do genre. <laughs> you know, it's not uh -huh. alphabetized. But <laughs> that's how you find the hidden gems, Bo. Absolutely. Yeah, hey, oh. Anytime. Good. Good stuff. Steve, thank you so much. I'll see you. Heck, I'll probably hey see guys, you this afternoon. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. We'll see you later. Yeah, you bet. All right, that's hey. Steve's bond. Hey, thanks. Uh, yeah. yeah, really, really good, dude. And, I, you know, I've gone in there uh, kind of like when I go to Razorback. If I'm around gun people, I'm asking questions because I don't know everything and I want to know more. Um, and Steve's just one of those guys. We, we should have. I should have asked him the question of what's the craziest thing somebody's brought in and tried to sell him. Because, you know, oh, Pawn Stars, back. they bring call in, back. They bring in <laughs> cars. They bring in... Just all kinds of crazy stuff, thinking that you're you're going to buy it. The rule he's told me is if you can get it through my front door, which is a single door, it's not double doors. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. says if you can get it through my, my front door, there's a chance I'm going to buy it I, off you. I got it. That's uh, that's great. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll stop by and see him, and I'll find out what the craziest thing is. I don't know if we'll be able to talk about it on the radio, but uh, <laughs> he, good does, information. Uh, he does come up with some good stuff. Yeah, I, you know, I've been a pawn shop fan for a long time. Went down to Tunica one time, and boy, you go to near the casinos there, Oh yeah, there is a ton of them right there. People want that and, cash uh, to go gamble. You it, bet they are. Exactly. All uh, right, well, that's, uh, that's going to do it for this edition of a Second Amendment Radio in the Great Outdoors. All right, have a great rest of your weekend, everybody. See you, boys.
Get more at 971talk.com. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.